Welcome, everybody. This is our first year in this series from now to Pesach. I picked a topic that has to do with tefillah because everyone's talking nowadays about davening. What's the meaning of davening? How do you daven without a minion? How do you daven in times of trouble and things like that? And we're going to see that the theme of davening is very much related to the theme of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the theme of the Seder. So we'll get to the Seder closer to Pesach. But today I want to begin with tefillah itself, with prayer. Just a quick review that we talked about. When I talk about the three P's of the Siddur, the three sections, the three main sections of the Siddur, the first section is Psukhet Zimra, what I call praise, where the main topic is praising God. The second section is Shema with its Brachot, which I call Pledge of Allegiance. And the point we've made many times is that saying Shema is not a statement of faith, but rather a recognition that you're chosen by God to serve Him. It's reminding you of the theme of Matan Torah, not that God exists, but that you're chosen as a nation to serve Him. We assume that God exists, but it's recognizing that being Jewish means you're chosen to serve him. So I need the letter P. So we call that a pledge of allegiance. And then finally, petition, or what's classically called prayer, would be Ishmonesri and Gestachnon that follows it. Then we talk about those preliminaries beforehand and peripherals afterhand. Just a quick question for the beginning. I want you to name, from a universal point of view, because prayer is a very universal concept, name me things that people pray for. Laura? Health. Health, that's classic, right? Wealth, fertility. Wealth, yeah. Health and wealth, they rhyme, or prosperity. They don't want money for the sake of money. They want money so they can buy what they need. Okay, Sam? Uh, healing. Healing, you said? Yeah, they're asking for, for good health, for sure. Yeah, I think think like a uh, a teenager. I mean, a, a more older than teenager. For sons. Uh, for, for children. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to be politically correct. It's, it's um, not just boys, but also boys and girls. And Michael, one last one. Peace. Peace. Okay. I remember, I told you, left-wingers pray for peace and right-wingers pray to win wars. I guess I'll just add one, um, people my age are already asking for long life. But those are, those are the classic things. Keep that list in mind, it'll help us later on. Now, I'm going to ask the classic question, which everyone's probably learned sometime in their Jewish life. Is there a chiyuv diaraita to pray? What answer can't you go wrong with? Machloket. It's a machloket, okay. And this is the famous machloket between who and who? Ramban and Rambam. Between Rambam Maimonides and Ramban Nachmanides. What does Rambam hold? Give you the right wrong yeah. answer. Yes. Rambam hold is the Yes. Yeah. Uh, the I believe, right? No, no. But is, no, there, but it's is, there, a biblical, is there a biblical but obligation to pray? But it's Sarah. No, who's that? Is that Ramban? Yeah. That's Both Ramban. Ramban and Rambam agree that there's a biblical obligation to pray. One says Rambam. one says once a day. Okay. Yeah, sort of. Rambam, Rambam says once a day, Ramban says etc. I want to medike in the Rambam. The Rambam says you're always, you're in a constant status that you're hyped to daven. Once a day sure is enough. Your status is you always have to daven. But once a day is enough. And the rabbis, Rabbanan, set up three times a day because he's going to say it's not a mitzvah tashesh as man gromis. So the Rambam holds it's a chiyuv diraita, and the Ramban holds it's only a chiyuv diraita beit sarah, which means when you're in trouble. Now, the, the classic explanation is, is that they're really not arguing over whether it's the Chiyuv Deraita. They're arguing over, is someone always in an eight Sarah, is a, is a person always in a time of danger, whether he realizes it or not. I thought I was listening to Rabbi Shir this morning on Asher Yatsar. If I understood correctly, that was his point, that you don't realize you're sick, but you're always in a status that you could be sick, but God's always healing you. Even when you're healthy, he's rofet. But listen to Asher, I think it's Asher number four in his series. So I want to begin with the Rambam. One more question, and then we'll look at the sources. According to the Rambam, it's a chiyuv deraita. For something to be chiyuv deraita, what do I need? Anyone remember what pasuk is going to be the chiyuv deraita? 
We have five books to choose from. In Shmot, end of Mishpatim. You're right, but I want the classic answer. Oops. I didn't want to hear the right answer. <laughs> What's the answer most people say? What were you taught? In Bahaya. Yeah, say, say, say the Pasuk Bahaya what? Shabbat Shabbat Give me the phrase. Ulovdo. And what's that? What's that? What's that tell you? Your chayv that avodah shabalev is tefillah. So people think that the chayv deraita is from the first line of the second parsha of Kriyat Shema. You know it by heart. Vayim shemot yishmot zavtai yishonok mitzavet chamayom laavat Hashem elokechem ulov dov b'chol lavavchem b'chol nafshechem. Most people can quote that pasuk for the chayv deraita. Now, why can't that be accurate? For for that to be a chayv deraita. For something to be a chayv deraita, what format does it have to be in? It's imperative you understand that to get to the Ramam. And? It's got to be a command form. And the first line of Kriyachma is not a command. It's saying, if you follow God and serve him with your heart, he'll bless you. He'll give you rain, he'll give you prosperity, and things like that. It doesn't mean you're obligated. It means it's a very good idea to do it. He's telling you the consequences if you follow God, if you don't follow God. That theme is throughout Chumash. But it doesn't say there, thou shalt pray. In fact, it never says anywhere in Chumash, thou shalt pray. It says, thou shalt not steal. Give me a mitzvah taseh that's explicit. That's a mitzvah taseh. It's a command form. I'm going to share the screen now. We're going to start with the Rambam. And the Rambam has a really interesting source. Everyone see it? We're good? Okay. So we'll start with the Rambam. Hechot tefillah. Mitzvah taseh li tale v'choyom. Shenemar. Vapasik. Vavaratetam shem alukechem. Now, why is the Rambam using this pasik? Because this pasik is an imperative. It's a tzivoy. The problem is, we're going to read the, the source in a minute. It doesn't seem to be Pshat of the Pasuk at all. But it's saying, thou shalt serve Hashem your God. Aye. It doesn't say, thou shalt daven. So the Rambam says, that this, this phrase, avodah, is referring to davening. How's he quoted? Now I need the definition of avodah. He quotes that from, from Kriyat Shema. That tells you there's a concept of serving God with your heart. What the Rambam is doing is there's a concept that you can serve God with your heart. I learned the concept that one can serve God with his heart from the second line of Kriyat Shema. We'll see other sources as well in the Barim. But now this Pasuk is a commandment. Got it? You understand what I was on? The Rambam didn't say that the, the Pasuk from the second Pasha of Kriyat Shema is the Chiyuv. It defines the word Avodah. It defines the concept of Avodah Shabalev. It proves to you there's a concept of the Dash Then I need a Masorah from the Shmoah that that Avodah is referring to what we call Tefillah. But the Pasuk, now that Avodah can mean Tefillah, Rabbam uses that Pasuk, Bavatam Tashem Lokechem. Now we're going to see, I think the Rabbam even said, if I didn't use this Pasuk, I'd find another Pasuk. Then he says, You have to daven. Your status is you need to daven. And therefore, the Fichach Nashim Bi'abdim Chayvim B'Tefillah. Now, I want to suggest the reason why the Rambam picked this Pasuk. So we're going to go to Sefer Shemot. Remember, Perach of Gimel, it's the end of the Kotomar unit. So God says, I'm going to send a Malach to bring you into the land of Israel. That was the key theme, that I'm going to send a Malach, and it was supposed to be Moshe Rabbeinu, to bring you to the land. If you follow him, he'll help you conquer the land. If you don't follow him, you won't help, he won't help you conquer the land. Now, let's listen to Chav Gimel. Ki lech malachi lefanecha, da'avecha la'mori ba'prizi, all the seven nations, v'chadativ. Then it says, lo tishtachave la'elohim lo tovdeim. 
don't bow down to their gods and don't serve their gods. Instead, instead serve your God. What's that imply? What's the simple shot then? Simple reading is not, it's not talking about davening, it's talking about the opposite of what they did to their gods. Why is the rabbi bringing this? Look what follows. If you serve Hashem your God, what will God do for you? What's that mean? To bless your, your produce, your food. Et mecha, your water supply. You have food and water. You'll stay healthy. You won't lose, you won't, you'll have children. You won't be barren. And you'll live for a long time. And you'll defeat your enemies. Remember that list of questions I asked you, what do people dive them for? Did we cover all of them? These are all the classic things that people pray for. For food, or prosperity. Lechem and mayim. For health, for long life, and having children. We're not having, not being barren, which means having children. And winning wars. And after you win your first set of wars, then having peace. Now, we're gonna, yeah, um, Sam, go ahead. Yeah, is it, is it significant that there's a divide between things that are sort of physical needs versus more spiritual needs like redemption, uh, blessing tzaddikim, preventing bad f- people from... Uh, or is that insignificant? Or are they just all just things that you would like? I just think these are the classic universal things that everyone prays for. These things keep you alive. Then I'm, I'm going to sort of just go briefly the rest of the Ramban because I want to get to the Ramban. But there's something really interesting because we have all these discussions whether davening by yourself or davening with the minion. This is what the Ramban says, how, how it all began. Let me make this a little bit bigger because this is very relevant nowadays when you don't have a minion. kahu. You have needs, you turn to God for your needs. But just like if you have if you have a doctor or anyone you go to to help you, before you ask for your needs, you say something nice about them, you praise them and things like that. That's the first three brachas of Shmuel then you ask your needs, and then you say, thank you for listening, what we call moding. But that's, the, that's how we translate it later on. But he's saying the format, Rambam is saying, this is the format of the proper way to daven. When you turn to God, just don't jump in right away and say, I need this. You begin with Shabbat, and then you go to Bakasha, and then you get to Hodaya. When we look at Shmonesri later on, we're going to see that the Shabbat that we use has a lot to do with the Bakasha. We'll talk about later when we say Magin Avraham, which is Shabbat. It's not by chance we use the phrase Magin Abraham because Magin Abraham has to do with what we're going to pray for later on in Shmon Esra. Now, this is really important for nowadays. Imayel Ragil, let me make this bigger. What's that mean, Imayel Ragil? He knows how to daven. He knows Hebrew. He's poetic. If you're, if you're poetic, you know how to compose things well. Imayel Marbet, Chinao Bakasha. You can daven a long thing. And this is his best line. Imayel Arel Svatayim. Medeber Kifi Yochlo. How come he's using that phrase? Was, if you're very verbose and you can compose things nicely, you can daven a long tefillah. And if you're arrest for time, who's he referring to here? Who Moshe. is arrest for time? Moshe. Moshe. And remember how did Moshe daven? El na rafanala? Moshe, Moshe's tefillah are very short. Daniel has these long things. Remember Daniel when he davens? Whoa, he goes on for a whole parak. We have that Monday and Thursday. But um, Moshe Rabbeinu sometimes in short means it's not quantity, it's quality. And therefore, whatever you're able to do, that's how you pray. And also, means the number of times you daven. He's not saying you have to daven three times a day, five times a day, one time a day. 
whatever you can, davening has to be meaningful. It's got it's to come from the heart. By nature, prayer can't be halachic. I'm going to get in trouble for this. But it has to be halachic. Not my point? Yeah, I can't turn it into something like, you know, I have to um, put a mezuzah on my door. Right? I can't, I have to wash my hands three times. Of course, you have to keep halacha. But the whole concept of tefillah is abodash abalev. And, and you can't command someone to do that. But we do, the rabbis set a framework, which is helpful. What I'm getting at is the very underlying concept of tefillah diraita as a person has to fill his heart. I want to suggest something. I'm not sure if I'm right. I want to claim that there's mitzvot like this one. It's not because of the Pasuk. The Pasuk isn't teaching you that you're high to daven. You're high to daven because you have to daven. I'll give you the example. example I'd like to bring the Ramban on, on remember what God did to Miriam. I think we talked about this in class one time. Remember in Sefer Tzvarim, it says, remember Zachor, what God did to Miriam? And Ramban holds it's a mitzvah to say to remember not to speak Lashon Hara. Remember, Yishamah ben Eketzarat, Perak Habdale, Pasuk, Chet and Tet, Sefer Tzvarim. Just be careful of the roots of Tzarat, follow the Kohanim, remember what happened, remember what God did to Miriam? So Ramban says that's a mitzvah to say, but the mitzvah to say is not to remember how bad Miriam was. Miriam was a tzedekah. The mitzvah is to remember not to speak Lashon Hara, and you take the memory of the story of Miriam who meant well and had good intentions and still was wrong, Kabachomer me, who had bad intentions, you know, and I'm doing it not for, for a good reason, but for a bad reason, etc. Therefore, by remembering the story of Miriam, I'll remember that I shouldn't speak Lashon Hara. Then he brings a proof. You know what proof he brings? I should have brought this maybe for next year. I'll bring the source. You can look it up, though. It's in Sefer Dvarim Perech Abdallah Pasuk His proof is great. It's the same proof that people used to prove that Yaakov Avinu wore a hat. Remember that proof? Don't you remember the proof of how we know Yaakov Avinu wore a hat? That's a famous line. Yaakov left Beersheba. Obviously, he was wearing a hat because how could he leave the house without his hat? So the Ramban says something similar. But what? He says, how could it not be a mitzvah? That's his proof. How could the idea of not speaking Lashon Hara, to remember every day not to speak Lashon Hara, how could it not be a mitzvah? Because it's so important to being Jewish. I think he says, how could it be? You have to look it up later on. But he says, how could it not be a mitzvah? Why am I bring that down? I, I claim the same thing when it comes to Puravu. I think the Chiyav of Puravu, which Chazal learned from the Pasuk in Noach, after, where God speaking to Noach and his sons, but then Puravu, Shetzubat Zeruvuba, which is clearly God talking to Bnei Noach, Chazal say God's talking to Am Yisrael in a very beautiful Midrashic way. My claim is, once we took upon ourselves at Har Sinai to be a Mamechet Konev Kadosh, once we entered a covenant to be God's people forever, it's implicit that once you accept to be Jewish forever, that requires keeping Judaism going. And therefore, your commitment is, as a Jew to God is not just a commitment of your, your commitment, you're part of a chain of generations and you have to keep Judaism going. And therefore, logically, because you said Nasa Benishma, you're chayv to do your best to have children. Now I need a Pasuk. My point is, sometimes there's mitzvot that logically, there has to be a chiyuv. But I can't say it's a chiyuv right if I don't have a Pasuk. So the rabbis will find a Pasuk. But the concept that exists without the Pasuk, the rabbis need a Pasuk to counter it as a mitzvah. So I need a Pasuk of Purvu, but I could find another Pasuk if I didn't have that one. In other words, I could find another Pasuk to talk about not speaking Lashon Hara, but that's a good one. And the same thing what I'm trying to show you is that when someone's in trouble and in need, he goes to someone who can help him. If you have a toothache, you go to a dentist because he can help you. Therefore, if you're in need, if you don't turn to God when you're in need, it's pretty much showing you don't believe that God can help you. 
the fact you don't pray for your needs to God is pretty much an indication, an indicator that you don't really believe that there's hashkacha prati. So it's almost a reflection of your internal belief. So of course you have to daven because it's part of your belief in God. That's his belief that he exists, but it's belief that there's a connection between our deeds, or your deeds or our deeds, at least collectively, and what happens to, to in our lives, which is, I think, the biggest theme of the first 11 chapters of Rashid. Remember, we talked about that, that all the stories in the first 11 chapters, how God expects good behavior from man, and God punishes humankind for the bad behavior. And when something goes wrong, it's a wake-up call from God. Now, this is to finish up the Rambam quickly. Then he says, um, Says up until the beginning of Bayit Sheni, people just daven freestyle, any way they wanted. Ezra came, and then the rest of the Rambam continues how Ezra saw how people were davening. It was just a disaster the way they were talking and davening, and he said, "I can't let people pray to God that way. It's just it's not mechubad." And therefore, he set a standard nusach of tefillah. So you can read the rest of the Rambam in Paragala if he goes and explains why. Now, now we can see how the Ramban argues and why he argues. In the Sakata Ramban, that's in Sefer Mitzvot, and has a Sakat in Sefer Mitzvot. So the Rambam in Mitzvot say five, hey, he says there's a Mitzvot say to Daven, but he begins with um, Lavodat Hashem. He says Avodah, he just quotes what he quoted. He's saying that what we saw in Mishnah Torah, he says Mitzvah Hamishish, it's Avodotosh, Shinamar, Vavata Betashem Elkechem. That's the same thing we talked about before. Uloshen Sifri, he quotes, Ulovdo Zotfila. Uvishnotosh Rabbelezer, Abinosha Rabbiosa Glidomer, Minayim Nikar Tvila Minamitzvot. How do we know this idea? From what Pasik? At Hashem Elkechatira Vototavod. Serve God by keeping his Torah, serve God by serving him in the Mikdash. Kolomar, Lalechet Shamnik Palem. Kmoshe Bir Shlomo, Koile Dibra We're going to return to Shlomo's prayer in a minute. Anyone know where this is coming from? What does God want from you? To love him, to fear him, to follow him in his ways? Make it a little bit bigger. Control plus, control plus, control plus. There we go. Remember, um, okay. what does God want from you? To fear God, remember? Remember that was doing Tzedek Mishpat? To love God? And Told you the face is going to come up again? Here we have the same phrase. That's what God wants you to do. What, is, what does he want from you? To fear him, to follow his ways. That goes back to Breshit Yotet, Yotet. To love God, like from Shema. And to serve God. That's a way of life. Now, remember the famous lines? Hashem Eloelim Adonai Adonim Hela Gadol Yibor Vanora Right from Shemun Esrei. Asher lo yikach panim velo yisak shochad. When we turn that pasuk, when we get to Shemun Esrei, it's not by chance. That's our description of God in Shemun Esrei. We're describing God as Shirloi Saparim Beloi Kachshocha. Osemish Pat Yatom Bamana Oiv Gelo Telo Lachem Besimla. That's what God does. And then we're told, after Matagir, Kigir Maitem Beres Mitzrayim. God takes care of the stranger and then says that you have to love the stranger. So what's that mean? We call that Imitatodeo. That how does God take care of the stranger by you taking care of the stranger? So when I praise God and describe God as a God who does Mishpat Yatom and Amana and Oiv Gelo Telo Lachem Besimla, Chumash is telling you that's what you need to do, and the way that God does that is by giving you the ability to do that. Now here's the passage that the Rambam's quoting, or Rambam's quoting. At Hashem this is the summary. Oto ta'avod, got it? This is imperative, isn't it? Isn't this mitzvah form? Ubo tidvach v'shmo tishaveah. 
especially because in the same section, what do we have? Lavot Hashem Elokecha b'chol avochad b'chol nafshecha. You follow with the what the Ramban with the Ramban's quoting, and then what do we say? V'shivim nefesh yodu avitachem mitzrayim v'pedasam Hashem Elokecha v'kochvei Hashemim l'ro. We're not going to do. We quote that pasuk. Remember quoting it, maybe. We get in Magid in in the drasha on on Aramei Averavi. Got it? Bimtei maat k'moshin emar b'shivim nefesh yodu avitachem mitzrayim. Now, when, I told you, when we do the Seder, we'll spend more time on the Sagara later on, the most repeated word in all of Magid is the word Shinemar. And what we do, when we see the word Shinemar, we turn our brains off. We say Shinemar and we just read the Pasuk like we're doing, like we're davening. What Haggadah wants you to do, because this, this is the drasha, every Pasuk that Haggadah is quoting, you have to go to the source and recognize how important that, that what we're quoting. When Haggadah quotes, that's going to relate to the whole theme of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So let's go back now to um, the Ramban. I want to show you again how the Ramban is going to argue with, with the Ramban, and then we'll get to Shlomo's Tefillah. After quoting that Ramban, what's Ramban, what's Ramban say? Is if he doesn't agree, and Tefillah is the He's talking about daily Tefillah. That's what he says. He's saying exactly what I told you before. I can't quantify it as a mitzvah. It's a way of life. It's appreciating that God can answer prayer. That he will answer, but he can answer prayer. If you're worthy. Then he says, What's the real mitzvah to say? The mitzvah to say is dedicating your life to God. You understand what the Ramban is getting at? I can't quantify it and turn this into halacha. Oh, you have to daven X amount of days, these words, that time, turn myself into a robot. But rather, what it means, means a way of life, dedicating your life to the service of God. And we do it with a full heart. If you really believe that, and that's your way of life, of course you're going to daven. Your prayer is a reflection of that understanding. And that's why I think Ramban is hesitant to turn tefillah into a, into, a, into a technical mitzvah of how many times a day and saying specific words. And therefore, the Rabbanan, it makes sense to the rabbis institute tefillah. But it's important when we have a chiyuv the Rabbanan of tefillah to understand what the ikar chiyuv the right is, because sometimes when you turn it into a technical halacha thing, you miss the ikar idea behind it. I'm, I'm pointing to that because we have all these discussions today. What do you do when you don't have a minion? You know, how do you replace tefillah? Are you going for the form or for the, or for the ikar? Can a person be fulfilled, daven bichidut, and feel just as fulfilled as he daven as though he daven with a minion? So it's good we daven with a minion. It's important, but sometimes when you're, when God puts you in a situation where you can't daven with a minion, it might be a great opportunity to go back to the sodot of tefillah and make davening a real a real personal experience to relate back to God. Again, this is the Ramban. He said that's an asmachta. The Sifri sort of implies that it's the Chi of the Raita. He says, no, it's an asmachta to the idea. Okay, now, what's, what's his real proof? This we talked about in Chug, but we did this before the Chagin. We'll return to that Pasuk in a minute. Shabir Shlomo, Allah Shalom, Kamash Katuv. We're going to go to that in a minute. After he brings all these reasons why it can be a Chiyuv Dioraita, he says, follows. 
ואם אולי יהיה מדרשם בתפילה עיקר מן התורה, see what he says? It's not a mitzvah מן התורה, but it's עיקר מן התורה. This is השגה on what mitzvah we count to get to the 613. So the Rambam counts it as a mitzvah. So the Ramban isn't saying it's not a mitzvah. He's saying if I'm going to count it as a mitzvah, it won't be the mitzvah of praying every day, but the concept of tefillah. And therefore he says, the midrash that la'avod et Hashem min ha-Torah, it's ikar min ha-Torah, therefore we can count it, nimnao to b'min ha-Noshal Rav, I can count it in the 613 of the Rambam. V'nomar, shihim mitzvah le'it tzarot, ve'it ha-tzarot, shenamin shu'it barach v'italash shomea tefillah, the very belief that yes, he can, that God does listen to prayer, and you can pray. Again, we'll talk about many times. The fact that you can pray and he can answer prayer doesn't mean that he will. But the knowledge that he can um, forgive you, and he can use Minatarach, I mean, we're not deserving. If we show dedication and care and believe that he can help and change our ways, and we'll see this in Shlomo Stikila in a minute, then it's a mitzvah, I can count it as a, I can count that in the 613, I can count that as a mitzvah to say the daven. Ramban concludes that it's okay for the Rambam to count it as a mitzvah, but not the way the Rambam is counting it, as once a day kind of thing, but rather it's a, it's a way of life. And when everyone always quotes, when he asks a question, is the mitzvah the right to the daven, they say, at Ramban and Rambam, too, it's way too technical. They're actually agreeing in the very concept, they're just disagreeing about what to count and how to count it. But the, the underlying concept of Ikarmina Torah, that a person recognizes that there's Hashkacha Prati, and God's treatment of mankind or humankind is a function of our deeds, that's an underlying concept which is basic to understanding God's Hashkacha, especially in Hashkacha Nam Yisrael. Now, what I want to finish with is a psukim in, in, uh, from Sefer Melachim and Shlomo dedicates to Beit HaMikdash. Just before that, I just wanted to read the psukim in Bambar after having the mitzvah for the desert of Chatzotrot, which is a one-time mitzvah, the whole unit ends parenthetically with the mitzvah of the Torah. Once you enter the land and settle down, should war be imminent in your land? When you enter the land and you're living there and war be imminent, whatever the enemy might be, whatever the tzara might be, and that's why the Ramban uses the, um, the phrase Beit Sarah. I want to read this technically. It sounds like, should there be trouble, you blow the Chatzotrot, you blow a Trua, an oscillating sound with the Chatzotrot, like a siren. And then, you'll be remembered in front of your God, or he'll remember you, you'll remember him. And he'll save you. I want to take the simplest translation of these words. It sounds like, if you're ever in trouble, Take out that trusty chatzotra or trusty shofar, blow a trua, God will hear the trua and he'll come and save you. Which sounds like something mystical, right? The way how people misunderstand shofar blowing in Rosh Hashanah. You know, blow a shofar and God will come and give you a good, you know, make sure you hear the shofar blowing the right way, and God will give you a good gzardin. The way Chazal understands shofar blowing in Rosh Hashanah is based on this. How do they understand it? Should war be imminent in your land, wherever the enemy might be, it's not that we need to wake God up, we have to wake ourselves up. And as a tool to wake ourselves up, we blow the chatzotrot to wake up our hearts, to remember there might be a reason why we're in trouble. In fact, what Chumash is screaming all the time, and all the Nevim emphasizes over and over again, if Am Yisrael is in time of trouble, God is sending a sign, he's not happy with our behavior. 
That's like one of the biggest things in Chumash. And therefore, we need to remember that whatever is happening, God is behind those actions. And there's a good chance we did something wrong. And therefore, we need to remember it's coming from God. Implicitly, we have to do tshuva. And I'll prove that now from Shlomo Melech in his tefillah. And if we do proper tshuva, God will save us from our enemies. And I want to show you the way how Shlomo interprets this in his prayer in the Beit HaMikdash. Now, uh, before I get to the prayer of the Beit HaMikdash, I want to make a, uh, an assumption here. Um, actually, let me finish the psukim. On your holidays and on Rosh Chodesh, you also blow shofar, the chatzatzrot, on your korbanot, and there'll be a zikaron. That's the pasuk that ends Shmuel Esra and Rosh Hashanah that has, not just shofrot, but also machiot. Uh, we have a zikaron with zikronot, and with katem, the chatzatzrot, number is tkiot. Rashi brings all three. That's why we use it to conclude Rosh Hashanah davening. So when we discussed this in class, we said that this is a source for Yalav Yovo. That the holidays are routine checkups, so you won't need a war day. Notice, even when you're not in trouble, on the holidays you do a routine checkup on your relationship with God as preventive medicine, so you won't need... Notice, I need Pasuk Yod on a regular basis, a routine checkup, like when you go to the dentist, routine checkup, so you don't get a cavity. And Pasuk Tet was your cavity. Whenever you're in trouble, you can always go to the dentist, or whenever you're in trouble, you can always turn to God. But... So God shouldn't have to bring a trouble to wake you up on a routine every month on Rosh Chodesh. That's why Rosh Chodesh is the time of Zikaron and also Kapara. And on the holidays, when we're being judged by nature, we take time out in anticipation of that time of year and remember that the outcome of our year, the outcome of our lives is a function of God. But it's, pre, it's preventive medicine. That's how we understood the holidays. Again, that was a different share. I just wanted to do a reminder. Now, I want to prove all this from... And let me make my, my key point. There's two ways to look at tefillah. You can look at nature. Nature, that's the way things are. It's just so happened that God made nature. I believe that God made nature. And then it runs on its own. And then you can have what's good, good mazel or bad mazel. Uh, some people wish other people mazel to other. And Rabbi Yolbanun is totally against that. So you can say that when you don't mean it. It's okay. But if you think that our lives is a function of luck, good luck and bad luck, hashkafalize, that's a disaster. What Chumash is screaming all the time is that what happens to us, again, on the collective, on the, to the Jewish people as a nation, is a function of our deeds, again, as a nation. And therefore, if something bad's happening, it's not that, oh, we ran out of luck and we got hit by a famine or by a plague or by a, whatever the Sarah might be. If something's not going good in our history, then God is sending us a message. And we have to turn to God to ask Him. We turn to God into prayer. The whole idea of prayer it's not thinking like, oh, this happened by chance. But because I know God and we're special people and God has protects you with nature because he made the system, I can pray to God to enter me with nature and take it away. It's not believing that God has, has protects you over nature. And therefore I can pray to God so we can control the nature gods and stop the rain and stop the epidemic. It's the other way around. When there's a problem with nature, when nature isn't working the way it should be, that's a sign from God. God, God is using nature as a tool as a wake-up call to his people to do tshuva. And therefore, recognizing when something goes bad, that Hashem is unhappy, the reason we come to the Beit HaMikdash and pray is not praying to God to take away the tzara, but praying to God to give us guidance to show us what are we doing wrong, to introspect, ask ourselves, what might it be that God's angry with with our behavior? We ask ourselves what we're doing wrong. We take upon ourselves, we try to our best ability to fix our ways, and we pray to God that he answers our prayers and takes away the, the trouble. But it's not saying magic words. 
that brings God's um, rachamim. It's we have to show God we understand there's something wrong with what we're doing. Now, the biggest problem, which is our problem nowadays, what is it that we're doing wrong? So everyone knows it's always someone else doing something wrong. I always say when Mashiach comes, our first korban will be self-righteousness. So some people say what we're doing wrong is because we're having women rabbis. Okay? Some people say what we're doing wrong is we're not respecting people who want women rabbis. You, follow? you can get to all the political arguments. You can say, you know, people who say what's wrong because we're too polarized, that we don't have enough avat chinam. Some people say, no, we're not strict enough. We're letting people get away with crazy things. Remember I told you there's always good reasons for sinat chinam? So if I want to know what is it that makes God angry, that's why we need nevi'im. Because we have great examples in Yirmiyahu and Yeshayahu, in Hosea, almost Micha. When God gets really angry and brings a korban, we have a pretty good idea of what gets God super angry. And then once we have that, we saw that in Sharia, that when there's trouble, we learn of him, we read Haftarot from Yeshayahu, etc., or from Yirmiyahu, and that reminds us what are the key things that we have to work on but that might cause God being, God being angry with us. So let's read the tefillah from, um, from Shlomo Melech in Sefer Melechim. We're going to go back to share, and it's on, it's on the page I gave you on the source sheet. So Shlomo builds the Beit HaMikdash and Prakim Vav and Chet, and he does in Perichet. He gathers the people together. Pasach Habet, Vayimot Shlomo, the Fnim Yisbach Hashem, Neged Kol Kahal, Vayifros Kafav HaShamayim. Who wants to read for me? Start from Chavchet. Ufanita. Ufanita el Tfilah Tzavdecha ve'al Tchinato Hashem Otay, l'shmor el Harina ve'al Tfilah, asher Avdecha mitfalel ufanecha hayom. Right, who remembers where we have this phrase in davening? Where Ashkenazim had it the first night of Slichot. Remember the refrain of the Pizmon, Mishmar, Rina, Vela, Just by chance, this is the Pizmon that we read as we begin Slichot before, before Rosh Hashanah. Is Mishmar, Rina, Vela, you understand why very soon. Remember, we're associating God's house, the Mikdash, with God's reputation. And we'll see it later, the connection between God's house and, and God's reputation, because God's reputation is based on how we behave. Now he's going to pick his, his main point. What's that mean? Should there be a drought and there's no rain? Why? Because, because, because of sin. It's not there's a, understand my point I'm trying to make over and over again? It's not that there's a drought by chance. It's not we had bad mazel, or you know, we had a bad change in nature. If there's a drought in the land of Israel and there's no rain, that's a sign that God isn't happy. You talk about this every day in Kriyat Shema. But why is that happening? Because we've sinned. Again, talk about on a national level, as a collective, as a nation. What do we need to do as a nation? Continue. What's the kind of tefillah? Tefillah is remembering, yes, God can intervene and can stop the trouble, but there's a reason for the trouble. And what we need to do is we need to do tshuva we have to recognize there's something we're doing wrong. Don't blame it on God blame, or blame it on bad mazel. Blame it on ourselves. Ask ourselves, what are we doing wrong to do tshuva? And then God will answer us if we do proper tshuva. That makes tefillah transformative as opposed to something mystical. And he brings another proof from, um, I'm sorry, one more line. Pasuk Lamed Vav. Bata. Got that point? Was, we were hoping, Shlomo is praying that God will listen from Shemaim and forgive us for our sins and by doing what, by showing us the right way to go and then he'll give us rain at the right time. In the Beit HaMikdash, when we come to Davin, did I ever explain to you what the first example of the rabbi's speech is? So in the Beit HaMikdash, we bring Korbanot. Remember the Korban Tamid? 
Do you remember Masechet Tamid? What did we do after we brought the Korban Tamid? Did we do something with Chatzotra when, when we brought the Korban Tamid? Then we blow the Shofar of the Chatzotra. And when they blew the Chatzotra with the Korban Tamid, the Levim opened up with the Shir, or with the Shira, better known as Shir Shayom. And if you listen, if you pay attention to Shir Shayom, except on Friday, because we're too busy Arab Shabbos, every Shir Shayom is a Musa Shmuz about how to behave and what God expects from us, from us, from our judges. Read them on time. In other words, Tilim, or the, at least the, the, the Tfilot in Tilim, most of them, many of them, are early forms of a rabbi speech or Muslim Shmuz, and showing the people what is it that God wants from them. For homework, you can read Tilim um, Tedvav. There's more than David, Mishkan, Tamim, There's tons of Prakim of Tilim which are perfect for the Beit HaMikdash. They're not praising God. I call them the early form of a good rabbi speech. We were showing the people what is it that God wants from you. And that's why we gather. We gather in the Beit HaMikdash to hear the rabbi's speech. The rabbi's speech is the main reason we're coming to Shul. And we daven to ask God to accept our tshuva. And if we show God we care and we're sincere, that gives God a reason to answer our prayer. Now, in case that wasn't clear enough, now we have our example. That was for if a change of, uh, a lack of, for a drought. Let's see the next example. Okay, continue, Nachum. Rav Kiyabaretz, have it? Rav Kiyabaretz, Dever Kiyabaretz, you see the exact same thing? What is tefillah all about? It's understanding that there's something we're doing wrong and we have to do a cheshbon and nefesh. What can we do better? What are we doing wrong? How can we improve our behavior? And if we take our, ourselves sincerely to fix our ways, God will answer our prayer. It's not the technical saying magic words that makes the difference. It's the understanding, the transformative understanding of what prayer does. God can answer prayer, but there's two stages to it. You come to Daven to remember that God can answer prayer. Yes, he can forgive you. But you have to remember you have to be worthy of his forgiveness. Therefore, you need to show God, not that only you believe in him, and that, that he can help you, but his help and his, and his answering feel as a function of your deeds. Sometimes you ask him, give me a break. You know, I've been, I, I agree I've been wrong, but give me a break this time. I'll be better next time. That's why we ask God in, um, to sit on Kisei Rachamim and on Kisei Din and treat each sin like a first-time offense. Mavir Rishon Rishon, Mavir Mechila, remember from Slichot. And then the finale, Vatatishma. Why is that so important for tefillah? Because bottom line is, it's saying you, you can't fool God. You can maybe publicly say something, but God knows what you're really thinking in your heart. Do you understand the idea of tefillah shabalev is coming right from here? You pray to God, but it has to come from your heart. What you say with your mouth is... A, a reflection of what's inside you in your heart. But that understanding, God sees. And therefore, the main thing you need is God needs to see sincerity. You know how to prove to God that you're sincere? You ever study that? You know, if God requires sincerity, how do you prove to God that you're sincere? There, there is no trick. I mean, act right. That's Rav Amitav's in patenting. You have to be sincere. Now, for um, our time is up pretty much. Okay, well, we'll just look at this Rambam. The Rambam, Hechot Taniyot, Says, 
Okay, the pasuk in Bamidbar that we just read, Alatzar Tzoreretem. Kumar called the bar she tzelechem kugom betzoret v'deber barbech yotzebem zarkulim hariu. It's a mitzvah to say to daven betzara. The davar zem midarchei atshuvahu should be smashed to vote tzara bezakul leaviyariu viyedu kol should be glam asem haraim kuralehem. This is what he says now. Aval im lo yisaku v'lo yariu elu yomru davar zem minhagol sholam era lanu. If you say, oh, this is just by chance, we have bad mazel. This epidemic came this way, the crowd came this way, this war came this way. If you say, that's just minah gosha olam, and it's not from God, that's by chance. That's got to cause people to continue to be bad. And that idea that this is by chance, and not from God, that's the most dangerous part. Then every day of the Tanit, I want to conclude, hope my point's clear. That's why my introduction to Tefillah, later we'll get to the idea of how it relates to Seder and Yisrael Mitzrayim. But the idea that Tefillah Beit Sarah it's not something magical, it's something very logical. And the big question is, what, how do you know what you're doing wrong? Your local rabbi. I'd say, don't ask your local rabbi, ask yourself. And you can always find what someone else is doing wrong, but everyone can, um, you know, if everyone focuses on maybe what their community is doing wrong, one of our biggest problems is we're always blaming someone else, it's their fault. There's always good reasons for sinat chinam. We're sure, oh, it's the way they're behaving, the problem. It's always, it's every community within itself tries to improve itself and appreciates the other community. Instead of blaming things on other people. Remember, that's the first topic in Chumash, when God gets angry at Adam Arishan for blaming his faults on his wife, makes God very angry and throws him out of Gan Eden. We don't know for sure why God brought it. No one can say, oh, this is happening for this specific sin. But you can bring up a lot of possibilities, like polarization, people not talking to each other, people not listening to each other, people not being kind to one. There's so many different things you can think of. You can bring examples later on. But attempt to the best of your ability to find what you or your communities can do better and improve on. I, I was going to suggest, but no one would listen to me, that um, people agree on is that if we, everyone agreed that cut out kiddush clubs, so now the shuls are closed, because I think everyone agrees it's a bad, bad phenomenon. You know, some Jewish organization would say, we as the Jewish people are taking upon ourselves no more kiddush clubs, that asr, no more alcohol and shul. I'm not saying that's the reason for what things, I'm not saying that's the reason. Those are indicators of we're missing something in our, in our shul gathering, in our, in our community. There's, there's certain things we can work on. You have different opinions. What's the best way to serve God? You can appreciate them. You don't have to agree with everybody. You can go, everyone can go their way. But always, but spending all your time saying what someone else is doing wrong as opposed to saying, what can I do better? I think that's something we can work on also. Again, I'm not a show rabbi, so I don't have the right to say all this. But maybe when you guys become show rabbis, you can uh, develop the idea. Okay, anyone has to leave can leave, but I, I'll take questions now. Let me turn off the screen. Thank you.